Buenos días. Good morning. Today we begin our welcome with a very special welcome to our four-legged, furry, scaly, feathery friends and stuffies and the memory of those who have already crossed that rainbow bridge. I begin our blessing of the animal ceremony with a poem by Cynthia Ryland. God got a dog. She never meant to. She liked dogs. She'd liked them ever since she was a kid, but she didn't think she had time for a dog now. She was always working, and dogs need so much attention. God didn't know if she could take being needed by one more thing. But she saw this dog out by the tracks, and it was hungry and cold and lonely, and God realized She'd made that dog. Somehow, she was responsible, even though she knew logically that she had only set the world on its course, and she couldn't be blamed for everything, right? But she saw this dog, and she felt bad, and so she took it on home and named it Ernie. And now... God has somebody keeping her feet warm at night. Today we honor and celebrate our animal companions. We give thanks for their presence in our lives, for their keen ability to show compassion and unconditional love when we most need it. For their quirkiness, funny ways of being, and how they can teach us lessons and remind us to be humble, not to hold grudges, and enjoy life with a simple piece of string, an old toy, or a crunchy lettuce leaf. Our seventh principle reminds us that we are all interconnected, that beyond individualism, there is a bigger we, that we are part of the great web of existence. This great web The spirit of life, the ground of all being, makes us all one with our relatives. Four-legged, finned, feathered, all of them are our relatives. Indigenous peoples' relationships with animals are the result of tens of thousands of years of connections to their environment. In many Native American traditions, animals are sometimes used to communicate the values and spiritual beliefs of Native communities. Animals' importance is also evident in the creation stories of many tribes. Animal imagery is often used to share family, clan, and personal stories. Right, Carl? Clan and kinship systems within many American Indian tribal communities reflect their relationship to animals. Each animal carries history and meaning. The story of American Indians in the Western Hemisphere is intricately intertwined with places and environments. To respect Native Americans and animal life, we encourage everyone to work to support your local environments through advocating for the people, for the animals, and their natural habitats. Without a doubt, animals are a huge part 
of all of our cultures. They are our relatives. They are part of our stories. They are messengers of our ancestors, and they teach us. In the Pacific Northwest, the salmon and orca whales have a great significance. I am learning. The people consider them their relatives. They are sacred. They have stories to tell and medicine to share with us. And they deserve our attention, our love, our protection. They are our relatives too. The Snake River used to run wild through Washington State, Oregon, Idaho, and Wyoming. Adult salmon would freely swim upstream to their spawning grounds, and over 50,000 Chinook salmon would spawn in the spring and summer. Then the dams were built between 1957 and 1975, making the salmon struggle to pass through eight dams in order to migrate and reproduce. According to the Department of Fish and Wildlife, each time the salmon tries to pass through each dam, their chance for survival is reduced by 10% each time. This has caused the Chinook salmon population in the Columbia River Basin to shrink significantly. The salmon is not only an important economic and nutritional resource, it's also an essential part of the tribe's cultural and spiritual treasure, way of being, and landscape. Kat Brigham, the chairwoman of the Board of Trustees for the Confederated Tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation, said, getting together and rebuilding our salmon for our children's children, it's something that we need to do because salmon recovery is important to the survival of the Columbia River Basin as a whole. Thirteen species of salmon and steelhead trout are listed as threatened or endangered in the Columbia River Basin an area that includes parts of Idaho, Oregon, Washington State, Montana, and British Columbia. The salmon are critical to the ecosystem of the river basin, serving as food resource for animals large like bears, small, tiny insects. They contribute to the survival of endangered orcas, which depend on eating Chinook in the winter and spring. The Snake River dams are federally owned. They are managed by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which denied tribes' requests to remove the dams in 2020. Federal agencies have violated laws meant to protect the environment, endangered species, and tribal sovereignty. The Army Corps of Engineers refuses to even consider the tribes' request to remove the dams from the lower Snake River. Tribes and other salmon defenders have not given up their fight. They say the dams can be replaced with other energy sources, including wind power. Fifteen tribes from the Columbia River Basin entered into a legally binding treaty with the United States in the mid-19th century. Those treaties reserve sovereign and inherit rights, including the right to fish at traditional locations, on and off reservation lands, and to protect fish at those locations. The tribes have long called for the federal government and political leaders to honor their treaty rights by removing the four lower Snake River dams. 
the federal government has been sued five times over its failed attempts to save salmon in the Columbia River Basin and for violating long-standing treaties with the Nez Perce, Yakima, and Umatilla tribes. But now the Biden administration and others say that restoring the salmon population is an issue of tribal justice as well as the only real solution. Samuel Penny, the chairman of the Nez Perce, says, unless swift leading actions are taken, a lot of these fish are doomed for extinction. Tokite or Toki is an orca whale who was stolen from her family pod in the Salish Sea in 1970 in a horrific attack that left four whales dead and seven captured and sold off. She was just four years old. She was sold to the Miami Sea Aquarium where she has lived in captivity ever since, almost 52 years. Forced to perform for crowds, originally she had a mating partner, an orca called Hugo, who lasted for 10 years until depression hit him and he died of a brain aneurysm in 1980. Tokina lives in a 20-foot deep and 35-foot wide concrete pool, which she shares with a few dolphins who have been known to attack her. She is 21 feet long. She has been kept prisoner for over 50 years in the equivalent of a bathtub. Her pool is too shallow. Marine biologist Ken Balcom has proposed a comprehensive retirement plan for Toki, which could safely and easily ensure her transition to her home near Greater Puget Sound. Balcom's plan was published back in 1995 and remains a solid course of freedom for this beautiful creature. Toki could be kept in a secluded cove near where her pot still lives, including her mother, who is called Ocean Sun, who is in her 90s now. She would be kept in an area much larger than what she is imprisoned in currently, allowing her to get used to natural life again on her terms. When ready, she would be released to live out the rest of her days in total freedom. Today, my prayer, our prayer, is that it's not too late to join in solidarity with the people who are working hard to free Toki. Toki has been named the loneliest orca in the world, as well as a miracle. All creatures, great and small, have stories to tell, if we only listen. And we can learn even from fictional creatures like the characters in A.A. Milne's timeless classic written in 1926 for his son, Christopher Robin, The Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Benjamin Hoff, author of The Towel of Pooh, writes, Within each of us, there is an owl, a rabbit, an eeyore, and a poo. For too long, we have chosen the way of owl and rabbit. Now, like Eeyore, we complain about the results, but that accomplishes nothing. If we are smart, we will choose the way of poo, as if from far away it calls to us 
with the voice of a child's mind. It may be hard to hear sometimes, but it is important just the same, because without it, we will never find our way through the forest. Here are some quotes from Pooh. People say nothing is impossible, but I do nothing every day. A day without a friend is like a pot without a single drop of honey left inside. It is more fun to talk with someone who doesn't use long, difficult words, but rather short, easy words like, what about lunch? <laughs> Love is taking a few steps backwards, maybe even more, to give way to the happiness of the person you love. If you live to be a hundred, I hope I live to be a hundred minus one day so that I never have to live a day without you. We'll be friends forever, won't we, Pooh? Asked Piglet. Even longer, Pooh answered. If there ever comes a day when we can't be together, keep me in your heart. I'll stay there forever. Here's my favorite one. Piglet sidled up to Pooh from behind. Pooh, he whispered. Yes, Piglet? Nothing. I just wanted to be sure of you. Friends, whether we learn from Native American people to cherish our connection to all our relatives, the four-legged, the winged ones, the ones struggling to go upstream, the ones longing to swim free, or whether we learn about friendship and love by reading Winnie the Pooh, the message is the same. There is wisdom, healing, humor, and joy to be experienced in relationship with all our relatives. We are all interconnected and part of the same web of existence. We are one. Amen.